All right, hello, Bugsy. How's it going? What's going on, my friend? Good to finally be here with you, my man. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time to get this one going here for everyone uh, tuned in. We got Bugsy H on the line. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. So let's get started with this. Um, there's a project you were involved in. It actually has nothing to do with hip hop. Yeah, it was. Um, where is it? I actually uh, I dropped the page of notes I had, but um, it was a uh, a book that came out about living, about growing up in the uh, South End. Right. Yep. What is it called? It's called Faces of a Neighborhood by Lynn Potts. So I was curious, why why were you involved in the book? What made them decide to reach out to you? Um. So it was an author that I actually read a book that she did previously. Um called The Block in Time, which um, I was actually a big fan of hers. And um, it just, you know, fate had it. I, I got to um, talk to the, one of the, I guess, one of the guys who owns a bookstore who knows her. Um, he told me, hey, I know you're from South End. Like, if you, if you want, you could talk to her. She's looking to interview some people from South End, which was the neighborhood I grew up in. So, um, you know, I got her number. She called me back uh, a couple days later. We had a couple interviews. Uh, I think we had about two or three interviews. And after that, she told me, you know, she decided, you know, my life story was deemed, you know, uh, interesting enough to put in the book. So, you know, from there, uh, yeah, I was able to publish some poetry and um, she put my life story in a book. So it was it was a pretty, pretty cool experience. Uh, what do you think of like really stood out to her about your life story that was super interesting? Is there any uh, highlights or like major um catastrophes you could point out for us um i mean there was a lot of you know i did go through a lot of uh a lot of pain in my life which you know you could hear in some of my music but um i think some of the things that really stood out was the actual block that i grew up on it was i don't know if you're familiar with like bronx still yeah it was a lot like that um and i think that was the part of one of the parts of something that she wasn't too familiar with in that type of neighborhood, that part of the neighborhood. So I think she wanted to kind of hear what my life was like growing up, you know? So that that's kind of what pulled her in a little more. Yeah, now, growing up in an uh, environment like that, was there a lot of hip-hop going on around there? Um, There was a lot of hip-hop. There was definitely a lot of hip-hop going on. Like, um, in my exact part of the neighborhood, I wouldn't say there was, like, a, a, there was, like, a lot on the exact block, but in the surrounding areas, you know, it was all, it was all around, you know, it was definitely all around. Is there anyone that stands out in your mind as someone that uh, influenced you rapping back then? Um, in like terms of when I started not... or in terms of when I heard hip hop? When you, Yeah. Like when you first got started, like maybe some friends that rap that, that don't anymore or like some artists that were around back then that, that didn't um, really uh, keep rapping. Um, yeah, well, you know, I'm definitely a big fan of, you know, I'm from Boston, so definitely Gangstar was definitely, you know, um, I'd say one of my, uh, big inspirations, but I know, I mean, I got to hop, hop on the bandwagon, I mean, Raekwon and Inspect the Deck, the first time I heard Cream, I lost my yeah. mind, you know, and Nas, and then, you know, then I started hearing a lot of other people, but when it came down to actually, like, rapping, putting raps together, 
I would say it was definitely um, a cross between uh, Big Pun, Big L, and uh, Cameron, definitely. Well, let me let me rephrase that a little. What I meant is, like, growing up in South End, was there anyone around there, like, you know, that you were friends with that maybe uh, – they, they didn't go on to become a professional rap artist, you know, like some lesser-known people? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, man. Um. There was a lot of people in my neighborhood. Um, you know, some of them did it did it fairly big. Um, I would say Loose Notes was a, a very big inspiration. They were from Tent City section of South End, and um, the the guy tag um, antagonist he actually was on the soundtrack that little Hart, uh, Kevin Hart did a did a soundtrack a couple of years ago. I think it was Let Me Explain. Yeah. Um. So he did um. A song called "The Narcissist," and yeah, man, they were the first. They were the first group in my neighborhood that I, that got a record deal. Um, they got a record deal. They signed to a uh, a record label called It Bees Like That Entertainment, which was out of Atlanta. So they actually got their deal in Atlanta. Yeah. Do you still live in that area, or um, no, I moved out of South Boston? End. I keep a close um, I keep a close finger on you know in South End, but I, I live in Charlestown now. Is there any MCs coming up, like maybe some younger MCs in, in their career that um, are in the Boston area that you think people should keep an eye out for? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Boston is, is is smoking right now. I would say, you know, one of my favorite MCs is definitely um, S18. He goes by the 18th Bronzeman. He's, yeah, I was going to ask you about him because he's on a bunch of your songs. Yeah, he's 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 heavily uh heavily inspires my music he, he's one of the best I've, I've known him for years but you know he's he's gonna be dropping some stuff soon he's definitely one of my favorite mcs like ever so like, he's um he he doesn't have any of his own albums out he's just been on yours not really? right he's been on my stuff but he was actually on a, um on a vinyl that got sold out not too long ago i don't know if you heard of slim one yeah, yeah 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 i remember that so me and him me and him did a pro me and him did a song with uh Boo Boo the Prince, who's down with um New Crack Ever with Ito. We all did a song um that was really dope on Slim One's album, which came out last year. Yeah, didn't Terminology put that out? Or have something to do with yeah, it? Yeah, Terminology's on the album too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's now how do you know M Dot? Because I uh, reached out to him and I was like, Hey, you know a ton of people, so who can I who do you recommend me to get on the podcast? And right away he said you. First person. I, I, that's that's an honor, man. M, M. Dot's definitely a legend out here. Um, I, you know, highly respect and look up to him too. Um, I've just been, you know, seeing his name forever, circling around, and you know what he's been doing with the with the shows uh, out in Europe is is you know is tremendous. And the song he did with Method Man, I can go on and on. He's a super goat, man. Big big up and big respect to M. Dot for real. Do you remember how you first met him or, or first uh, became friends with him? I so the funny thing was um we talked we've been talking for a little while but um there was a, a writer from the Globe who did an article on him and um the writer from the Globe was trying to do a piece on me uh, really good dude his name's Kenny Capo he lived he's you know he's out in L A but he was gonna do a piece on me but the only thing was I didn't have like a big show at the time to link because they want I guess that his editor didn't want to didn't want um kenny to write the article on me because at the time you know i didn't have like a big headliner to do a show with yeah so yeah long story short i mean he really he was the one who put me on m dot um you know a while back and i've been hearing his name for a while and then i finally he was like oh this is the, i've been seeing this dude forever and yeah he did a he did a uh 
uh, joint with SD Knack on the Shade Four Five. I saw that a while ago. He burnt. He you know murdered that. Yeah, he's he's been killing it for years. Now, um, do you plan on doing a track with him anytime soon? Or? Yeah, actually, yes. We um, you know, I know he's been producing, and he told me he's gonna have some stuff lined up. Hopefully soon, man. I'm looking forward to that. I really want that to go down. Yeah, he's a dope MC. So you just put out a new album not long ago, um, right? Is it pronounced Sabato? Sabato, yep. It's pronounced Sabato. What does that mean exactly? Um, so I was um around the time when I was finishing up Bubble 07, which was my last album before that. Um, I was, you know, watching this documentary about a gentleman. His name was Simon Rodia. And um, I kind of noticed some of the similarities between him and I. It started becoming uncanny to the point where I was like, oh, man, I really got to, uh, you know, watch more of this stuff. And the more that I watched from the stuff, from the documentary, it kind of I started seeing more and more similarities. So, yeah, it's basically yeah. about a guy who, uh, you know, he moves to America and he, uh, he, he starts building these towers, these huge towers, you know, that span up to about 100 feet. And um, they were known as the Watts Towers. And I kind of, the, the, the similarities were basically like, I put out, you know, about 17 projects on that Piff. And then I see that he puts out like 17, you know, he built like 17 towers. So that was kind of the comparisons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have 17 mixtapes on that Piff? Yeah. There's about, should, there should be seven, maybe 18. I got to check, but I believe there's at least 17. Yeah. Wow, because I because I was looking on your Spotify, you have four albums on there. Right, yeah. So if anyone wants to hear anything else, they should go to Dad right, Pip. Right, or... Dad Pip. Now there should be five on Spotify now because I have Jenny Fleck was my first one, Swiss Swatches was oh, yeah, my five. was my second one, my third one was Travis County Two, which was the follow up album, and then Bubble Seven, my last Sabato was my fifth. So what was the first mixtape you put out on, on that Piff? Is that, that when everything started for you? Yeah, yep, yeah. So, the, so believe it or not, the first one I put out, I believe, was uh, I was bringing the H, the H. I have this series called the H series. And it's like a, um, it's like a little saga that I've been doing. Um, and H series volume two, the last one I did was when I was a part of an underground label called Mathline Records. And I put that out in 2004, a <laughs> long time ago. So I did the follow-up mixtape, which I dropped, I believe, in like 2016, 15 mm -hmm. and 16. And then from there, that's kind of when I started getting back into it. I took a few breaks between now and 2004. But back, I would say, taking it much more seriously on a business standpoint would probably be like 2015, 14, 15. Yeah, so you kind of slowed down a little and took a break? Yeah, I took a little break, man. Um, I got to really thank a few people. I mean... Definitely Maddox is one of those people. I don't know if you've heard Maddox. Um, he was in a group. We, you know, we started a group together when we were kids called Atris. And um, he was like the last original member. And, um, you know, I quit for certain times, but he was always the one who called me up like, nah, you got to get back to it. And he really kind of, you know, put the battery in my back to really get back into doing this again. Yeah. So you've been rapping pretty much since you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, I've been rapping since I was probably seven, eight years old. Um, you know, me and my friend Cage, rest in peace. We used to, um, when we were real, when we were young, probably like ten, nine, ten. We used to record. Um, my brother had these turntables, and um, we used to record. He used to have like fifty cent, power of a dollar, 
the old ones, and he would have instrumentals, so we would rap on those, and um, you know, old DMX instrumentals and stuff, and yeah, man, we. we it's funny, like uh, thinking back, like I don't. I look at the year 2000. I don't think of it as like 20 years ago. I know. Ago. I know. It's, cra- it's, it's crazy. Like... You don't think of it, but it was. It was yeah. a while ago, man. <laughs> so growing up, like, is there any albums that you feel like uh, had a huge effect on your life or, or just were your favorites uh, and influenced you the um, most? Yeah, man. There was, there's been a lot of albums that really uh, inspired me. Um, oh, actually, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Wu-Tang yeah. earlier. You mentioned cream and everything saying yeah and that's the thing i mean that kind of mafioso east coast rap all of that really inspired me which was you know mob deep nas biggie but um a lot of people don't realize another aspect was a lot of the conscious rap um which played a major influence and obviously you know tribe called quest was a big influence far side i'm very excited to be working with uh fat lip me and him already just knocked out a record yeah, that's crazy. How did that come about? Man, I, 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 was, uh, I was reaching out. You know, I, I hit him up. We were talking on Instagram. You know, I guess he heard some of my stuff. We were talking. And, yeah, I'm very excited to um, – we have a record that's going to be on a, a vinyl. This, I'm dropping Sabato on vinyl. So um, that's going to yeah. have, an, uh, you know, unreleased version, a special edition version of a song I did called Obstacles 2 with Maddox. That's going to have Sadat X on it. And I'm adding a bonus record. With Fat Lip from Far Side, so it's, it's going to be dope. It's going to be really dope. So you connected with them just on social media? Yeah, just really? on social media, we talked, and um, yeah, you know, we talked about collaborating. And yeah, he's really cool, dude. You know, I let him know, I'm, you know, I'm definitely a um, a big fan of his. You know, Far Side is a uh, definitely one of the one of the best. They were one of the best conscious groups. Not not even West Coast, just in general. How many tracks do, do you? think you have done with them well i got one we just got one right now that i knocked out yeah oh okay we got one now there might be talks i mean we're, we're gonna see what's up i might we might do an ep together you know that's that that might go down we're gonna we're, we've been talking about that so you know hopefully we can make that happen too yeah so um let's see uh how would you describe your rapping style like if someone has is just listening to this they haven't heard you before how would how would you uh Describe it to um, them. you know, the best way I could describe that is, um, I would say mosaic rap. You know, it's it's really, um, it's really just bits and pieces of different styles and formulas that I've concurred over the years. Um, just different. You know, I, I try to be different. I don't want to be like or sound like anyone else. You know, so yeah, your style is really it's like a really live, upbeat style. You know, like you. It's like an aggressive style of rapping. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm very inspired by Big Pun. Like, that, that's my favorite rapper ever. But I don't want to try to emulate him. I want to, I wanna, you know, give you my own style, my own flavors. So that, that's, you yeah. know, when you hear me rapping fast, yeah, I'm inspired by that. But I don't always rap fast. You know, if you listen to my stuff, I rap mid-tempos, probably my favorite. Because it gives me more time to, uh, to catch the bounce and to, and to really... Um, you know, get my words down the way I want to. Yeah. So I, I saw that you produced also. So what came first, the production or, or rapping? Play? Um, I would say the rapping came first. My mentor, his name's Steven Root. He taught me how to produce. Um, when I was a kid, I was like 16 and, um, 
around the time of probably 17, 18, he, he really started, you know, having me come through and watch him make beats. And I would just, I used to just watch him, you know, back then he had, I think acid five, acid four or five. And, um, I just watched him do it, you know, seeing how. Yep. So is there, is there one that you think you're better than the other at producing? Or rapping? <laughs> That's a good question. I would say I'm a little better at rapping to be honest, man. Um, I got to get back to the producing. I produced most of my first album, which was Jenny Fleck. Um, it, was, it was cool to produce for Project Pad. It had Keith Murray Nature on it. That was all fun. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I would say rapping, I'm a little better at, but I, I definitely like producing. It's definitely a fun hobby, and um, it's a good business, and I definitely want to get back in the swing of that, too. So what do you use these days for production? Um, the, last, the last piece I was using was Acid 10. Um, which was the more advanced acid, you know, it's pretty good quality. Um, so yeah, I was using that for the last, uh, I'd say the last few projects, which I was producing was, was through acid 10. Yeah. Um, so how was 2020 for you? Did you take advantage of having time off or being, I did, man. Um, I wrote about, I wrote like three albums during quarantine. Um, no, Jeez. I don't want to say three full albums. I wrote like two and a half. Um, I wrote I wrote Travis yeah. 23, which is my follow-up to two. that I haven't even released that yet. I haven't even recorded that yet. Um, I wrote Bubble 07, definitely. And then I wrote some records for Sabato. I probably wrote like like six or seven of those uh, during quarantine. Um, but yeah, to be honest with you, as an artist, 2020 um, has been amazing. Like it's, it's been a really crappy year mm-hmm. for everybody and um obviously with everything that's going on but in terms of like artistically um it's been a blessing man i've really it, it gave me a it's almost like a portal and it gave me a chance to to see myself in a uh, in a certain perspective that i hadn't seen myself before you know yeah now is travis county is that an actual travis place? county is a place um travis county is uh it's a uh it's a county in texas and um me and my brother Cage, rest in peace, he passed away a couple years back. Um, me and him, we did that first album. It's on Dat Piff if you listen to it. Um, we recorded that a one no, sorry, we didn't record that. We wrote that album in one night in New Hampshire. We were in, we he had a little place in Lake Sunapee. So we went up there, you know, yeah. rolled up a bunch of stuff, drank a couple beers, and we wrote that entire album that night. Um, of course we didn't record it. What's up? That's what- that's actually uh, where I believe that's where Steven Tyler wrote Dream On. Oh, shoot. in Lake Sunapee, right? Wow, that's yeah. dope. Yeah, yeah, that's where we that's where we wrote that. Um it was it was it was a cool little place. I got to get back there sometime, but uh yeah, it was it was amazing working with Cage. He's he's very missed. You know, a lot of people, a lot of some of my fans hit me up like, "Hey man, rest in peace Cage" cuz they heard his stuff. You know. So he was a oh, Boston yeah, artist. Oh yeah, he was he he was a legend in my neighborhood in South End. Um you know, so, like I said, Atris was a group, and it started. It was it was myself, it was Cage, and it was O. But what happened was the the artist Cage and O they got you know they they were kids doing stupid stuff, so they went away to Juvie, and that's how I met Maddox. That's why me and Maddox, because yep. I was you know I was we were supposed to do a little group thing. They went away, and then I met Maddox, and I really was like, damn, maybe he could help me out because I needed help. You know, I wasn't gonna. I didn't have everything ready for myself. I didn't know how to record. I didn't know anything. So, yeah, Maddox played a very detrimental role, and he, he really helped 
you know, form H risk the way it, you know, ended up becoming. Yeah. So right. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing, but Travis County to answer your question was, um, that was a place that was based off of, um, the Texas chainsaw massacre. You know, I named myself oh, yeah. Hewitt cause it was like, when I saw that back then, it was like, you know, they ate people and we looked at it as we eat, you know, MCs. So we can't, yeah, I wasn't sure if that nah, was nah, that's not a real name. Nah, nah, Bugsy Hewitt. Um, so yeah, I kind of rolled with that. Um, because you know they did that. They did the one that came out in like two thousand three or whatever. Isn't there a guy like from uh, Washington State? He's that they based the Chainsaw Massacre off. Of? Um, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. Um, I forget his Dean. name. Right. Yeah, I've heard. I've yes. heard a lot of different rumors. Um, about that. But yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, when I when when we did that, we were kids and. I've so many people who kept hitting me up from different countries, like, "Hey, because you, you know, I I gotta be honest, that's horrorcore. You know, horrorcore, like big big pun and big L. That's yeah. what me and Cage started rapping. That's the type of music we did. But I kind of like if you listen to Jenny Fleck, my first official album on iTunes, that's not horrorcore. My second album's not horrorcore. But so many people kept hitting me up, like, "Hey, when are you gonna make more horrorcore? When are you gonna do Travis County um too? I want to hear Travis County." So everyone kept you know. So that's what I called up Keith Murray. I got Keith Murray on the album. SD Knack jumped on it. Yeah, it was a, it was a dope. That was critically acclaimed. Definitely my best project. Yeah. So, is there a skill or talent you have outside of music that might surprise? People? Um. Yeah, I, I I love writing. You know, I definitely got some stuff. Um, I got a book of poetry going to be coming out soon. Um, couple ideas for screenplays or some books that I got. I love painting. I'm a Gemini, so I I you know. Yeah, May oh, May twenty third. What when's yours? Oh yeah, uh, so you already 18. know, man. We we got a lot of minds that like to think of their own, you know. Yeah. So if you're not writing writing raps, a lot of times you're you're just writing. Right. I'm writing. I love else. writing. I'm I'm writing something else, whether it's poetry, whether it's a screenplay. I love painting. I've been getting into painting. I like that. My mother's. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. My mother's one of the best painters ever. She's amazing. I'm, I definitely get the artistry from my mother, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Now, if, so, if someone asked you to play one song of yours so they could learn more about you, what song would you Whew, recommend? That's a good question. Um, That's a deep question because it's like, what 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 would they want to learn in terms of, you know, how, how, how of a battle rapper I am, in terms of the conscious level I am, in terms of the bars? That's a good question. Um. I would say probably in terms of deep a uh, deep record, I would probably say get these letters out fast. Uh, and it's not the most yeah. lyrical record I have, but I put the most into that record. So you you would feel yeah. that more if you've experienced some pain in your life, you know. Now, isn't the song with term that you did uh, kind of like talking about a reflection right. of yourself? Yeah, that, that was a dope record, man. Um, that was uh. That was called Letter to Myself 2. The first one was on Path to Destruction. Um, and yeah, that that's just kind of... Uh, yeah, that was a conscious record. Definitely a conscious record. Had you worked with Term no, before I have, that? No, I haven't. Terminology is a good brother, man. He, um, I, we, 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 we definitely talked a few times before that. You know, I met him. Um, the first time I met him was he was doing a show, I think, with his brother Easy. Or he was doing a show with somebody. And he was coming to the Middle East, but he he looked out and helped me, um, you know, sponsor my line called Wristwear. 
So he, you know, took the picture with the hat, and that, I really appreciate him doing that because he didn't have to do that, you know. So that was that was real. And yeah, he's been showing love ever since. He's taught me taught me some shit about the game. Yeah, very good brother. Very very good dude. Now you mentioned battle rapping. I I had actually heard something about you doing battles and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Can you get more into that? Like, were you uh, doing the battle league? Um, or no, nah, like so that, I never, or... I never did the battle league um, per se. I was a part of a small knit. Um, I would say it was very, it was a very battle induced kind of group. It was called Mathline, and we all that's all that's what we did. You know, we just we battled everybody, anybody who walked around, we battled them. You know, whether you rapped or you didn't rap. Um, yeah, it's just kind of what you had to be back then and it kind of coincided with the hardcore image that you know uh cage and i had at that time so yeah yeah i, I definitely battle rappers i would say part of my earlier upbringings you know um i don't do it as much now i've kind of uh swayed away from that but yeah it's always it's always in me it's always a part of me well it's funny how like battle rapping has changed you know like in the last 10 years i feel like you know like it's it's not like the way it was like right. with eight mile like the traditional sense, it's more like the spoken right. word, you know, where they're just dropping the right, lines that they right. memorize. Right, right. Exactly. It's, it's not the same. Like, I remember back then, you couldn't just write stuff. You had to be off the dome, man. You had to, you know. <laughs> Were you ever in any battles, like at the Middle East or any, like any of those big ones nah. where, where, you know, you're just like, uh, you know, signed up and you're going. To I was never, I was never a part of that, those in the Middle East, but I was. We did do, um, there were little, uh, like, events that we would do. Like I said, Loose Notes. You know, I got a song that was talking about that. Um, they were, you know, they did a lot of battle rap, too. And, um, you know, Maddox definitely did that. Everybody that was in, involved with Math Line, they, they all were, you know, doing that. And we would do it with, you know, and it wouldn't be necessarily as much as, like, getting booked to do it. But we would have, you know, 50 people over here, 50 people over there. And then, you know what I mean? Like, that type of bat, like that—that that, yeah. that was the type of stuff we were doing. Um, and yeah, it was fun. It was definitely—it helped—it helped me sharpen my sword for sure. Is there any uh, goals or milestones or like places you you're trying to get to in hip hop that you're that you've been working on or striving um, towards? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there, there are. I mean, the funny, the weird thing about it is I don't know what they are. Um. Yeah, right. Just I'm just making, I'm just making because because I've I've gone through such a battle between do I make music for him or her or do I make music for me? And um, as selfish as it might sound, I'm making music for myself these days. And it sounds selfish, yeah. but it, it is what it is. If you if you can adapt to it, if you can get in tune with it, that's fine. If you don't, that's that's fine as well. You know, right. Uh, yeah, looking at your album titles and just listening to your albums the last few months, it's, I don't know, there's something unique about them. Like, um, I mean, for someone that doesn't know you, the titles might be, it, they're right. different. You know what I mean? Like, the, there's like an art feeling right. to it. Um, where it's like, um, I was looking at, say, um, what right. was it, Bubble 07? What, what does that uh, mean? Good exactly? question, man. Um, so like I said, uh, the, the album that I grew, uh, that, that, that album was based off the neighbor that I grew up in, which was called South End. You know, it used to be known as Little Lebanon when I was coming up. Um, 
And that name was kind of given to me by Cage, rest in peace, who, like I said, he was he was a founding member of Atris. And um, I remember one day he looked, he, you know, he was looking at me, he's like, Oh, you know, he heard he heard a song that I that I never played him, that I it was like an unreleased record I had. And I played him. And he's like, Oh man, you know, you're the bubble 07. And we kind of laughed because 07 was the year that we kind of um we kind of uh I'd say took a front line in terms of the neighborhood, in terms of making a name outside of rap, you know, just, just trying to make a name in our neighborhood, you know, outside of hip hop. That's nothing yeah. to do with hip hop. Um, so 07 is a very, is, a, you know, I was 21. That's when I turned 21, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of uh, memorable experiences and I have to be very um, diligent and, and wise the way I code, that album and the way I say things because, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble or, you know, get myself into trouble. So that's why it was called Bubble right. 07. And yeah, you know, it's, I'm very proud of that album. Very, I'm, I'm very proud of my neighborhood. I just have to, uh, you know, be proud and s speak on it in different ways than other people. Cause it's a different type of neighborhood, you know? <laughs> yeah. What's something you loved about growing um, up? Um, A lot of things, area. man. I missed, I missed the knit. Like, it had a real close-knit neighborhood feeling. You know, it was the type of neighborhood where if I was drunk and I was a kid and I was 13, 14, you know, your friends bring you home or your neighbor brings you home, like little corner store bodegas and all those things that aren't there anymore. You know what I mean? They're just, it's, it's changed a so lot. It's changed man. a South lot. End is, is, is very far from where it was before. But that's why, you know, I still go by Coase, which is, you know, King of South End, and I still, um, I still represent for the kids coming up, and you know, I want to show them that you know certain things I did they could do too. You know, you just got to work hard, and I'm not yeah. done. I'm, I'm nowhere near done. You know, I got a lot of stuff to do, and um, I'm still going to be working forward to accomplishing those goals. Now, did you perform live at all in the last year? Um, I did a anywhere, show. Or... Me, me and uh, Maddox, we did a show. We, we did the Raw Venom tour with you, God. Um, that was a little over a year ago. Yeah, I did that. I just, I just stopped. Yeah. After that, I kind of stopped because I was so busy on recording, you know? I was just so focused and busy on recording that I didn't take the time. And it sucks because when I went to L.A. last year, I'm, a little before last year, I went to L.A. and I could have opened up for Wu-Tang. I could have got paid for that. And that, But the thing was, oh, I, the, uh, so about three weeks before that, I was in London. I went up to London because my brother moved up there. So I went to London, you know, had a good time up there. And the show was in London. But I couldn't go to the show because I already booked the flight. I was already in L.A. I, me and Maddox were doing the promo for my second album, which was called Swiss Watches Plastic Cups. So I had to shoot my video. We did a podcast over there. You know, we did a couple, you know, did some promo runs and shit. So I, I, did, I just, I, I didn't have the time. I couldn't have done it. Yeah. Have you done any uh, like online I have shows not. or I, live streams? I have not. I've heard. I've or heard some about stuff it? about it. I'm gonna have to look further into that. But um, yeah, down the line, I'm definitely yeah. gonna look into that. I mean, I'm to be real with you, I really want to get back to recording. You know, live. I mean, uh, performing live. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, things get better in the next year. We can make that happen. Right. So, um, is there anywhere you've always wanted to perform live that's on your yes. list? Yes. Kind of like, um, 
somewhere you, yes. you just um, you're I don't know if you've format. ever heard. There's an artist I work with in Finland. His name's Kit Cohen. And um, yeah, he's dope. No, he did I a record that hit like 30,000 on Spotify. Well, I really want to perform in Finland because I know he's popping. He's doing a lot of shows in and around Scandinavia. So that that would be dope to go down there and perform. Because, you know, the thing about, and that's that's what I wanted to talk to you about too, is, you know, the appreciation from my fans are much more genuine, it feels like, overseas than in, in Boston or in America. You know, it's crazy that yeah. somebody can, you know, genuinely want my autograph, want me to sign merch or whatever. And I walk down the street and I feel like I'm, you know, uh, what's the movie? Um, Sugar, Sugar Man. <laughs> you know, um, the guy that did the show in, in South Africa and he sold like 50 million, but then he goes to Detroit. Nobody knows who he is. You got to oh, check it out. Yeah, it's called um, Search of Sugar Man. But um, yeah, um, it's weird. It's a weird feeling when I get that and people want an autograph, but I walk down the street. Nobody even gives it, you know, nobody gives it. Well, I remember they, they had an article about that. Like, you, I want to say it was in the Boston Herald or Globe, like a few years ago. They were saying how, like, there's a lot of Boston artists that will go and tour overseas and, like, they're really big stars over there. And then they come back home and it's like they have a local show and, and right. there's not as many people, you know? Like, they're getting way right. more I'm love. T- listen, man, Craig, I'll tell you, I put up my merch when I did Bubble 07. That was the first time ever I put out my merch and it sold out in less than a day. I had every piece. I had special edition yeah. playing cards. You know, I put up, I think I had like 50. All of them sold out within a day. And let me tell you something else. I would say 70 to 85% of those people aren't even from America. They're from overseas. <laughs> yeah. They they really have a huge appreciation yeah. for hip-hop. I, uh, I couldn't believe it. They hit me up. They were like, hey, the make, could you just make sure you the plane, could you make sure you sign it before you send it out? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I'm you know, it makes me feel like I'm a star already. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm cool. Right. That's like M. Dot. Like he's right. so well known right. all over M- the I place. I mean, M. Dot's got a name, you know, higher than yeah. mine. But, but yeah, for sure, man. I, you know, I'm happy to um to inspire anybody at this point. Anybody who's inspired or loves my music, uh, I'm I'm happy to hear it. I'm I'm honored to hear it. You know. Is there a country that um you saw was was um getting stuff from you or listening to your music that surprised um, you the most? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's been a few people. I know DJ Jassy what he hit me up from New Zealand. I don't even know how the hell he heard my music. Yeah, and he was like, Hey man, I've been putting Jeez. you on playlist. You, you know, you're one of the dopest rappers out right now. I'm like, damn, this dude from New Zealand knows who I am. You know, but um that that brings yeah. it back to the to the days in 2016 when I was just you know, throwing it to every person here, take this out, take this out, take this out, like online, offline, you know, going up to girls in the street, all of that, posters, stickers. I, and you know what's the thing? I still put up posters and stickers. I'm never too, I'm never going to feel like I'm too big for that. I'm always, it's part of the, it's like, for me, it's fun. It's part of the um, struggle. I don't, I don't mind the struggle. I like it because it's part of right. being an artist. And I think when people try to skip that, <clears throat> That's when they get disappointed. That's when they don't succeed. You know, like you gotta, you gotta appreciate everything. Yeah, I've done certain things that I'm very proud of. I've done things that I haven't got to accomplish yet. But that I'm not gonna focus on the things that I didn't accomplish yet. I'm gonna be proud of the things I did do. 
and keep doing the little things that people right. are too scared to do. You know, like people, like no disrespect to anyone, but people who haven't done a tenth of what I did, they feel like they're too big to put up stickers or posters. Oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. Why, why don't you do that? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with putting up a I will do that forever. Right. I will still stop, you know, a guy or a girl in the street, be like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, blah, blah, blah. check them. You know, I'm, I'm still doing that. That's not going to change, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's part of the struggle. Yeah, I love it. I actually, for me, it's therapeutic. Myself, so. I don't know about you, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice to like throw one right. somewhere. And, and then, then you could drive, drive by, by it. Or, right. And then you, you drive know, by it. You know what's funny? There was a kid, um, I forgot his name. He was from Cambridge. And my goal was when I, when I did an album called Heavy Lies the Crown years ago, like 2017, I think, I put up this album. Like, listen, Craig, I put it up in every neighborhood you could imagine. And my goal, right, was for somebody to hit me up. Just anybody to hit me up. Like, yo, Bugsy, I just seen your poster. I seen your sticker. And finally, this kid, White Noise, hits me up from Cambridge. He said, yo, I seen your sticker today. I'm like, all right, word. That's what I was waiting for. You know, like, that was my goal when I did it. And then other people started hitting me up. Oh, I saw your yeah. sticker. I saw your poster. So, you know, those are the things that um, it makes you feel good. You know, like at my job where I work, you know, people come up to me and they'd be like, yo, I follow you on Instagram. I don't even tell people in my job that I do hip hop. It's like I'm like Clark Kent. I don't tell anybody I do that. Right, but then me people too. come up to me and they're like, "Oh my god, yo, you should know my father. It's happened to me like five or six times, and it's kind of crazy because like I I had no clue that they would recognize me. Probably like, "Yo, what is he doing working?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I got to pay the bills too, man. <laughs> right, right. They think uh, right. everyone right. that's in hip hop doesn't <laughs> like, work. You got to pay bills. Exactly. Or have a regular job. Yeah. Well, um, that made that putting up stickers made me think. Um, one of the best spots. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with Hampton Hampton Beach, Beach in New Hampshire. I, I've been up there uh, a couple years back. So if if on Wednesday nights they have fireworks, and so if you go through there on a Wednesday night, it's super packed. But everyone at nine o'clock or whenever, everyone's standing on the edge, kind of just watching the fireworks. You can literally just walk behind the whole crowd oh, and lace up shoot. the whole strip. And there's thousands That's of people, and, and no one sees you. You literally Yo, walking right that, behind man. all the Now you're putting me on. I'm about to go for the drive. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you just uh, take a, a handful and oh, a nice I'm, stack. You already got me. Trust me. I'm going to be going there this summer, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually saw you on a DJ Eclipse Rap is Out of Control playlist oh, dope. recently. Dope. Um, how did that come um, about? Like, How did you connect I with did, him? I, I sent him some stuff a while ago. Um, and what could I, do you mind if I ask you what record was that? Was that the one, um, Easter dinner? Because I know he put oh, up one, geez, um, he did sure. one with me and Supreme called Easter dinner. Um, and that was big, man. Yeah, that oh, was I think big. It, it that might was have really been big. Dinner, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, DJ Clips is a legend, you know, um, Shade 4 5 and everything that that was really right. that was really big. And, and then I saw. When I was on the Soul Assassins list, um, that was for obstacles. Supreme uh, S18 was on there too, you know. S18 was on Easter Dinner as well, so that's mm -hmm. why I really want to, you know, encourage S18 so much because, I mean, he came out the gate. He, he's on this. He's on that. He's on Sold Out Vinyl. He don't even have an album out, you know. So he's gonna he's really gonna kick the door down yeah. heavy when he drops his, um, you know, I, I believe it's gonna be called the Bronzeman era. 
So, you know, definitely keep a close eye for that. You think he'll be <laughs> on it? Yeah, he was on uh, – it looks like he was on three songs on the right. new one. He was on three, three, on, the was on, three on the new one, I they believe. Did. Three on the oh, – no, no, he's on four on the last one. He's on four on the new one. He's on four, yeah. And then we did a couple wow. old ones when he – you know, couple, you know, a couple years back. Uh, he was on H-Series Volume 2. I believe, which came out a long time ago. But then he stopped for a while, you know, like he kind of did his thing. But, yeah, it's good. So is he just always around, like, when you're recording a lot and you just say, hey, can you jump on this track? Or do you just, like – Well, no, I mean, like I said, I've known known, um, S18 for years, you know, since I was a kid. Back in the Mathlon days, you know, I met him um, through a mutual friend when I was, like, 17. You know what I mean? So – I've known him for years, long time. Very, very intelligent brother. He's taught me a lot of stuff about life and, you know, a lot of stuff. He's he's definitely edu- always educating me and, you know, keeping me, um, keeping my sword sharp as well. Yeah. Um, gotcha. We just got a few more questions. Um I don't know when I wrote this one. It says, "Who is Mind Frame?" Yeah, man, my Mind Frame. Is, is, your... frame is, a, is a monster. He's, right. he's a he's a crazy monster. One of the dopest producers out right now. Um, yeah, yeah so he's, he a, he's a monster, a man. He's produced. You, he? He's been producing with me, you know, and he's part of my production line too. He's got his own thing, but I got a production line called Atrius Production, which is called Fourth Arch, and that's kind of a, a web of producers around the world. Um, but he's yeah, he's from Queens, New York. But yeah, he's he's been he's been with me, I would say, since um even though he wasn't on Travis County too, he's he's been he's been with me, yep. moving with me and part of the movement since that time. Yeah, you seem to have like a um like a, a group of artists that work with you on a lot of these projects. You know, like it's it's a lot of right. the like S eighteen we were just saying. You know, so it's um, I I don't know. Would you call it a movement or like a? Uh, yeah, I mean, like it, I said, like a crew it's, that you it's, guys it's, have. It's, so there's. Would you say I got this thing like H Risk has kind of evolved? You know, it's I mean now we like you know me, me, uh, Supreme and uh, S. Now we call ourselves the eighty eight Marksmen. That's kind of like a duo that me and him are. Oh yeah, right. I saw that. On right. Your, so um, me and him Instagram. were kind of known. We, well, we are known as the eighty eight Marksmen. I'm 88 Marks Man. He's 88 Marks Man. And, you know, together we're the 88 Marks Men. But, you know, we're definitely, we're, we're the Hewitt family. You know, the Hewitt family is basically, you know, me, SA Team, G Stacks, Maddox is involved as well. And, you know, all four of us, you know, are the Hewitt family. Yeah. So, what are you working on? Uh... That you're looking to put out in 2021 so, right now, or what are you good looking question. forward um, to? Good question. 2021. Um, so I got my vinyl coming out, which is going to be a dope vinyl. It's going to be, um, it's going to be three of the songs are going to be remixed. You know, um, I'm still going to, you know, put an I, I got an unreleased track with Fat Live from Far Side, and I got an unreleased version of Obstacles Two featuring Sadat X. That's going to go on sale. It's going to be fifty dollars. So it's going to have Vinyl signed, poster signed, sticker signed. It's it's gonna have a special edition playing card, you know, like a baseball card. 
but it's going to have me, my card signed, and yep. then it's also going to have another feature. So every vinyl will have a different feature with their playing card, like a special edition, you know? Uh, and that will go on sale, probably be a couple more yeah. months, two or three months. Um, I'm also, that, that'll be a dope package. Um, release that independently, Deutress Entertainment. I got um, Travis County 3, which is, like I said, that's already written. I just got to record it. And then me and Mindframe, we got an album together. That's going to be called Sanctuary. And um, that's going to be crazy, crazy album. Is there any uh, artists out of New England that you um, work out of New England? Yeah, th there are there are some. Um, there's a lot of good talent out here. Um, I would say ah, that's a good question. Um, I know Sixteen Spit. We work together. He's a producer. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, that's Eastside Sheesh's man. Eastside's on my album, but that's one of his producers, and and he produced the record that. I got on Eastside Sheesh's last album. It's a private link album. You can't even get it on iTunes. But, um, you know, I don't want to blow the lid, but me and him, we're going to be working, all three of us. We got an album coming out that's in the works this year, too. Called um, It's going to be called, you know, like, you know, the expression, win or lose? It's going to be called sin or lose. Yep. And uh, he's going to produce the entire mm. album. It's going to be vinyl release only, so you're not going to find it on iTunes. You're not going to find it on Spotify. It's, you're just going to have to buy the vinyl. Um, and I believe we're going to have it on CD, maybe tape cassette as well. All right. Um, now, how? what was it like working with Keith Murray and Keith, Nature? How did you That was uh, crazy. Um, Keith Murray's, you know, Idol Death Squad is one of my favorite groups of all time. Um, he reached out to me, which was crazy. I was going to a wedding uh, in Virginia at the time. I think it was like 2000 at the time, like 2017, right? Mid to late 2017. I'm going to a wedding. One of my cousins yep. was getting married, right? So I'm on my way and I stop in New York and I took a picture. I won't forget. I was in South Bronx. I was in Castle Hill and I took a picture and I put it on Instagram and Keith Murray liked the picture. So I was like, oh, shoot. I looked at him. I'm like, yeah, that's really him. And then he liked another picture. And then, um, you know, we talked on IG, we talked for a little bit. And um, he told me, you know, he liked my music and I let him know, you know, he's a big inspiration. And yeah, if you know it, he jumped. Yeah, he jumped on a track. And it, it, pe a lot of people That's don't crazy. notice that the record that, I, that we did together, um, that was actually, it was produced. And I produced that record in Canada. I was in Canada because at that time I was on vacation and I had, you know, I had all my equipment with me. So I was like, you know what? Let me. I, I got to make this beat now. So I stayed up for hours. I was listening to nothing but but him and Def Squad, beautiful thing. And I and I made that beat, which was called um, and it used to be rain. And uh, yeah, I produced that in Canada. Nature, nice nature. I reached with, out uh, to nature. Him. Um, that was a dope record. So glad he jumped on that. Um, very personal, deep record. Um, yeah, I reached out to him. He he was really cool. You know, he said he was down with it. He jumped on the record. And Project Pat, you know, those are the other two two records we did. Project Pat, he was on two records. His manager reached out to me. Yeah, because um, I, apparently his manager, yeah. um, I didn't even know it. He saw the video I did, the first video I ever put out called Carefully Battle Rap. That was on my first album. I guess his manager saw that, right? And, and hit me up and was like, hey, man, this is dope. Like, yep. I'm going to have Project Pat call you. I just, you know, people scam all the time. So I thought it was like a scam. 
So he's like, yo, what's your number? I'm going to have him call you tomorrow. I right. gave him my number just thinking it was, ah, let me just give him along with the stupid game. And then, yeah, the Pat called me <laughs> up. I was like, yo, man, I, I seen your video. That's, that record was dope. Like, how do you feel if we, uh, if we do a record? So, yeah, long story short, we knocked out two records. You know? You have, like, a really, uh, like, the way you connect with some of these these um, more famous, like, legends and stuff, it, it's, right. like, so random. It is, and you know, it's funny, it it's you. funny you said that, Craig, it's, it's, it's um, it, it's, it's what you put into the, it's what you put into the universe, which allows you to obtain or attain certain things from the universe, you know? It's what you put out, and what, whatever I put out into the universe, yep. I get back. And those things that I get back are records with Keith Murray or, you know, when I got to meet you, God, I, I met Inspector Deck randomly, like randomly, like he burned up L, like burned me up, like out of all things, like I met him in, um, in North Station, like randomly, I got to talk to him, I got to build with him, I got to like really have a real conversation with him, like that just, ra- that's funny because, um, me and, me and three of my was friends, it in we Boston? actually ran into him in a pizza shop before. Yeah, before. Uh, near the Crazy. Hey, what, you want to hear something? Wait, so you guys. He was sitting next to, he was sitting next to my friend. My friend said, hey, can you sign my, uh, my receipt? I have nothing else. And he's like, well, that's kind of whack. And he's like, well, you're like Michael Jordan to me. And he's like, well, if you're going <laughs> to call funny. me Jordan, I will. <laughs> and let me tell you, Craig, the funniest part of that whole situation, right, was S18 – Met Inspector Deck twice in Boston. Randomly twice. And you know what he said to me? I'm gonna tell you the funniest part like of the story. That. When he was telling me the story about how I about how he met him twice, he looked at me, I'll never forget this. And he says, Don't worry, you'll meet him too. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, what is he talking about? I said, really, I'm like, I'm like, what is he? I'm thinking in my mind that, that sounds crazy. Come to find out, I actually met him. Like what he said came to life. Like that was just random, you know. Yeah, maybe because he works with oh, Seven yeah, Allen and, and he messes with um, frequently. What's the good dude, Cesar? You know the um um the the producer. No, yeah, he I got, don't, he I got a dude I, that produced for him and name. MF Doom. Um, he's a, he's a kid from Boston. Yeah, he's his, his name's Cesar. He's got some he's got yeah. some dope stuff. Oh, maybe you can send me a, a, a link yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I, I've never I, heard he that name. Because I remember he had, he had some stuff for uh, um, Inspector and He had some stuff with um, MF Doom too, which was, you know, which was dope. Now, before we wrap up, do you have a uh, top five favorite? You got some popcorn, man. <laughs> um, ooh, five. <laughs> all right, let's see here. Um, I don't have to give it to you in order, right? All right, I'm gonna say um I'm definitely no. gonna say can by Cameron, that's definitely up there. Um, I'm gonna say definitely only built for Cuban links. I gotta say capital punishment, big pun. Yep. I gotta say big L lifestyles of the poor and dangerous. And for that fifth, oh, man, that's a tough one. I really, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, Tupac Mac, Machiavelli. 
Yeah, I gotta go with Pac, man. Uh, Big L, list. people sleep on Big L. He's he's by far one of the best. Oh yeah, like he was. He yeah, was he, didn't, he didn't even best, really get the chance know, died, to. So, you know, and that's the thing. But like, he, he, that's a clear cut case of a lot of people still don't know him in America. But you go to freaking Croatia, and they basically got a statue of him out there. You know. Like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm not, not literally, but oh, it's wow. just like people, people know who he is so much more over the world than they do here. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Well, um, I got one last question, but um, before we get to that, do you want to give anyone any shout yeah, outs? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to definitely give a online. shout out. Like I said, all my brothers, um, you know, S18, 18th Bronzeman. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to, you know, Maddox, my bro Maddox, part of the Money House camp, Steven Root, Blizzo, you know, John Price, my brother from Math Line, you know, Ashton Martin Piff, all, all my brothers, man, holding it down, definitely. Um, and yeah, you could find me on every platform. All you got to do is Google, type in Bugsy H dot, you know, I'll pop right up. Um, you could read my life story. It's in a new, it was in a, a newer book called Faces of a Neighborhood. By Lynn Potts, and that's available on Amazon. And um, so, podcasts over the last probably six or seven years, they've had a really positive impact on my life and, and helped me out. That's why I, one of the reasons why I do a podcast. But I like to end the show mm-hmm. on a positive note as a result of that. So, for anyone out there having a rough time and like maybe they feel completely worthless, like their life just completely sucks and they just feel cursed. Uh, what advice would you give them to t- try to take a step forward in a more? That's a good question. Um, so the best advice together. that I can give you is to always look around your situation because chances are as much as you might suffer in life, as much hardships as you might feel, believe me, you go to a third world country and it's going to be a thousand times worse there. The things that we take for granted here, you know, I had a dream yeah. called um, uh, North Korea. It was it was a dream, and I really woke up in the dream. I woke up and I was in North Korea, and I was living in one of those like concentration camps. You know, it was a crazy dream. But when I woke up, I was like, "Wow, wow. I don't have chains on me. Like I don't I don't live I don't sleep in a cage. Like I can go out. I can walk around. I can leave the state. I can leave the country." You know, I get I get to save money. I get to make money. You know, people they get too caught up in little things, and they get disappointed, and they think their life is over. You can't live like that, you know. So my my best advice for them is if they can wake up and they walk out of their if they walk out of their bed that morning, that's another day for them to have a chance to exceed any expectations that they previously had, and they can get to that level. They just got to work hard for it. Anything that I got, yeah, the universe role in that but i had to work hard to get those things i had to invest money to get those things so anyone can get or do what they want to do i'm not i'm no longer trying to exceed other people's dreams i just want to live my life i want to be happy and i want to make art you know i don't know how long i'm gonna do hip-hop to be honest with you but i live my life every day and i'm happy i got my son to live for i got my beautiful fiance to live for we got a beautiful home, a new apartment. Like, I mean, life is beautiful. I'm, you know, I can't complain. It is, you know, and that's that's the best way yeah, to go through. It, just just be positive. The more, the more good you do, the more good you will see come back to you. 
Believe me. No doubt, brother. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you for that, and uh, thank you for joining me on here. It's a huge relief to finally get yeah, to talk to you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And, uh, Thanks so much get for this having one me. In the book, I appreciate so. it, brother. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, keep in touch. Just uh, keep keep making those great I albums. Will. And, much and love. I appreciate music that, and, uh, Have a blessed night, playing. brother. You too. No doubt. Peace, brother. Peace. All right, you too. Thanks a lot. The Craig Rozier Podcast.